For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of The Promised Land, a Manchester United podcast brought to you by 90 Min. I'm Scott Saunders, joined once again by football journalist and United season ticket holder Rob Blanchett. Remember to subscribe to our show. We're on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts and follow us on Twitter too. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promised Land MU. Rob, uh, I was going to ask how you're doing. Uh, let's go in a football sense because Manchester United have a new manager, an interim manager, although at the time of recording, he is not currently cleared to work in the UK and might not be in the dugout for the Arsenal game. But good news overall. Very good news. And um, I think that Ranić's influence will be key to United now, not just obviously for the next six months, but beyond. And I think we saw that little bit of that influence in the Chelsea game. So United went to Chelsea, no expectations, I think, as a United fan, going there against the team that are champions of Europe, you know, top of the Premier League and a year ahead of United in terms of their own project now. But I think also United fans are going to have to have a little bit of patience, a little bit of wait and see, because I think the football's going to be very different to what we saw under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ralph Rangnick has been confirmed. We will talk more about that throughout the episode. Uh, we'll also look at things like what will he do tactically whenever he gets in, because we're going into the Christmas period, the festive period of fixtures now where there is a game literally. <laughs> uh, it seems like every day there's, there's some kind of Premier League football or Champions League football and we'll, the FA Cup's coming back in January as well. We'll, uh, will he have time? to actually implement his style on the training ground or will United just be playing all the time? We'll look at which players could possibly excel. Perhaps if they haven't been succeeding under Ollie, is there a new lease of life for Fred, for example? Uh, there was elements of his game against Chelsea, which I was quite impressed with, apart from the uh, the shot at the end, which uh, the less said about that, the better. But we'll look at how United approached the transfer market as well because Ralph Rangnick is not... Well, it doesn't strike me as the type of guy to go and spend 100 million, 90 million on players. I think he preferred to do it a different way. Uh, and we'll look at the Arsenal, Palace and Young Boys matches, which are the games to come as well uh, throughout the episodes. So there's plenty to get into today, Rob. But obviously, I don't know if... Uh, uh, well, I'm, I'm definitely sure, listener, that you've been listening to all of our previous episodes. But Rob, you have uh, said numerous times on this podcast that Ralph Ranić was your number one choice. And we, at a time, perhaps more than once, actually wrote it off. United won't do that. No chance. They're not going to do that. And they've only gone and done it. So how do you feel? Uh, I feel good. Um, but like everything, you know, Louis van Gaal was my first choice. Jose Mourinho was my first choice. So I do kind of understand in football that sometimes our preferences are not always right. It happens. But I think with Ralph Ranić, the whole idea about bringing him in was to try and find an identity for United. So, of course, you know, I also wanted Pochettino. If you were looking at a long-term coach, uh, I, I would have been hot on getting Antonio Conte a few weeks ago. 
And there are other good coaches. You know, I also rang the bell for Brendan Rogers and said that he's a good coach. But Rangnick, I think, is the best philosophical fit. Someone who is going to come to the football club and reset lots of markers. You know, we have an expectation at Man United that we see exciting football, but we also want to win. We want to be the best. We want to win every title going. We don't want to be usurped by our um, biggest rivals like Liverpool and City. We want everything, don't we? We want the moon on a stick. But now the building starts again. And I think this is kind of where I stand when I I speak to United fans and talk about United in general, is that this is the start of a new project again. The brand new start. Everything begins again. Are United fans ready for that? I'm not so sure. I think they just want to win tomorrow and the next day and the next day. This is kind of neediness, I think, in the United fan base to to be the best team. But it takes time. And I think if Randnick comes to the football club anything longer than six months, then that project is elongated. So, you know, it might take six months for United to really find their identity. That would mean defeats. That would mean bad performances. And as you just said there, other players coming to the fore that, that maybe we've not considered as much. So it's a let's wait and see. But the exciting thing is, hopefully, we're going to see something different different from being so bad that you're not even in the conversation anymore uh, I like Ralph Ranick I really do I think he is a he's a thinker he's, he's called the professor in Germany for a reason and I really hope that we have him much longer than this six-month period what is the most significant part of this deal because obviously United have announced that he will take over and be in charge of the team until the end of the season he said in his statement that he was looking to improve players, not only individually, but more importantly, as a collective, as a team. And if there's one criticism you can level at United over the last few years, it's that they have not played together as a team. Plenty of talent in there, which has been underperforming. Ranić will come in and try and get the best out of the team for this season. But is the cons- consultancy slash whatever he's going to do after this initial six-month period more significant? Potentially, we're hearing different things at the moment, both from the centre of Manchester United and and just in wider football about Ranić and about what this consultancy means. So, yes, he's in the club now. He's going to be interim manager. That itself is just to kind of save face a little bit, you know, save the season, push the marker on, get somewhere, get somewhere as quick as you can. But then there is the other side of it of, I think, Manchester United's board understanding that they've skewed their football project, that they need a football guy in charge of that. So Murto's already there. There's obviously this new existing structure of director of football and what they're doing behind the scenes. But they need someone who's got a big football brain. So that's Ranić, and that's why you bring him in. After that, I think it's all up for grabs. So for instance, if United play really well in the six months, I think United will lean towards appointing Ranić full-time, you know, as the manager. I think that will be the, the, the more... That would, that would be something that they will desire if results get fixed quickly. Just remember what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did when he came in. It looked like he'd fixed it quickly. United were like, yes, let's do that. Pochettino is still obviously on the table, but we don't obviously know what's going on with him with PSG. There's chat that PSG still would like to move him on. So these things marry up. But there's also talk that Ranić might be up for one or two other big jobs, namely potentially the Germany job itself, a national coach. So... It's up to 
the next the, the next few months to see how Ranić fits Manchester United because I think if he fits it well, United will do everything in their power to bring him on full time for the long term. And then, of course, I don't know whether fans will like that because there's lots of fans who want Pochettino. They kind of want a, uh, they want something different. Ranić will have a much longer project. Like you said there, he's not a guy who's going to go into the transfer market and spend hundreds of millions. What he's going to do is he's going to take the players he's got and bring some new talent in, but make certain demands of them to be better. And I think that's what we need. You know, I, you know United have spent $1.2 on players and got nowhere in 10 years. So, you know, I think it's time to find a coach that can actually coach these guys and for us to be a little bit more patient. Important question for you. Now, I am, as a United fan, not really believing this as a whole, but I'm slightly encouraged by the fact that John Murta was the one on United's side who put the statement out about why Ranit was appointed. He was the one behind this. Edward Wood is... Has been, well, he's been leaving for a long time, hasn't he? Uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll wait and see as to whether he actually does. But there's a lot of criticism around, oh, Ranjit's won nothing and all this kind of stuff. But United fans are quite excited because it seems like, this is how I read it, Rob. Tell me if I'm wrong. That Edward Wood and the people who have been making the football decisions over the last few years have had their go with Ollie, And now they have seen that it's not worked out and they've just finally accepted, we need somebody to do the football side of things. Do you think it's as simple as that or how do you how do you envision it going because I think that's what potentially makes me most excited in the fact that are they just going to give him the keys and say get on with it I don't know. So we'll we'll see how it plays out but I think that's the first time I've actually been encouraged that United's decision makers like Edward Wood are just willing to hold their hands up and say look we've tried it we can't do it let's get somebody let's get a professional let's get somebody at the top of the business to actually sort our club out because it's clearly not working yeah and i think what we've found out is that that really hasn't been edward wood's decision it's joel glazer so joel glazer has run the football club for a long time and it's only taken him 8 years to come to the summary that you might need a football person running your football project so can it, no plaudits to the Glazers ultimately, because if they've only realized that after eight years, that's pretty, you know, dire decision making at board level. With Ed Woodward, he was punished for his role in the Super League. So the European Super League, Manchester United realized what a bad political decision that was at the time. And it was Ed Woodward that kind of took the fall for that. He was the guy who was the architect and therefore United punished him. What we've seen in recent weeks is that he's been fully involved in this process of removing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for a new manager in a new way. But what we've learned over the last week, really, is maybe where the power has shifted. So, yes, Ed and uh, Judge and Arnold and all these guys that do their jobs at United at board level have still been doing it, but they've been relying more on Murto's football acumen of what he believes that United needed. So people thought that Solskjaer wouldn't get sacked because he was a Murto guy. But what we saw is that Murto saw how it played out on the football pitch and behind the scenes. And that's why Ole got the sack because there was no direction. There was no vision from the manager at that point. And he's put forward four or five candidates and told Manchester United to go and get them. So Ranić was his first choice. 
And again, this is kind of why I I was also in the Ranjit camp. Camp I was kind of saying, you know, I think United need a visionary. You know, needs a new philosophy. And thankfully, they've gone and got him. Now, it doesn't mean it will work, but it is the right step. It's the right way of looking at how do you fix a football club. You know, when Liverpool went and got Jurgen Klopp, that was what they did. They looked at kind of all the things they'd done, even Brendan Rodgers, someone I've advocated. But going back to Roy Hodgson, going all the way back to Roy Evans, all of these kind of different ways of doing stuff and getting it wrong. And then bringing in someone who's got vision and saying, please fix everything from top to bottom, but it will take time. Took Klopp a year to fix even the most, you know, basic bits of Liverpool. But once they started to fix it, they were, they were running. And I think that's where United are. And that's why, why you bring in someone like Ranić. And if Ranić can stay at the club or even say, you know, say he does leave his post in six months and isn't involved in the first team, then you've got to bring someone that manages in that light, that has vision. And I think then that's why you go for Pochettino, because Pochettino is a club builder. Ranić is a club builder. You need a coach that builds football clubs. You can't just win the next day. And this is, I think, the confusion for United fans, is they want a coach who's going to come in and win everything in, in six months. I don't think that happens. That's very rare in football that you get that. Thomas Tuchel did it at Chelsea last year, but that was a long-term project and still is. So I think United need to look at that and find a coach that does that. And they've got someone who will fundamentally improve the squad from top to bottom. Just uh, before we move on to the tactical part of it, uh, well, Gary Neville actually did a or put out a nice tweet afterwards. Some of the stuff coming from Sky Sports over the last few days has not been to my taste personally, but um, Gary Neville uh, tweeted... Uh, I am grabbing him loosely here, but I'm, I think he said that six months to coach the team, two months or two years to coach the club, which I think is really important. I think it's pretty spot on for Gary Neville to say that. But, um, you know, I think he's happy with it. I think most United fans are happy with it. And we'll just see how it plays out. It, Rob, this season, uh, just before we move on, what are you hoping for or expecting? I mean, I know that people will look at Chelsea last year as we just touched on with Tuchel uh, and think, oh, United can win the Champions League or, oh, United can win a cup or something like that. Top four isn't too far off. Uh, They can take a step closer to it by beating Arsenal on Thursday night. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But to me, I think, I don't want to put this down, but even if they didn't make top four and things were actually showing signs of improvement, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> uh, or is it the worst thing in the world? Do they need top four? They need top four in terms of their business structure, of course. And that is why football is so obsessed with top four in the Premier League. And that's understandable. I have no expectations. That's how I play it, Scott. You know, I look at it and I just want to go to games and see improvements on the football pitch. That's what I expect from the coaches, from the players, to see a method and a plan. And do you know what? If you lose games, you lose games. So like going into the Chelsea match, I, I wasn't expecting to win. See, there's the United fans kind of obsessed that you go to Chelsea, you win, and the world is okay. I don't look at football like that. I think football, you know, and this is why we talk in projects, because it does take time to go on a training pitch and fix stuff. So Ralph Hasenhutl said in his press conference, someone who's worked very closely to rap with Ranić, he said, you know, he's a brilliant coach, you know, A1 coach. He's going to come in. He'll fix stuff. 
but six months is no time to fix anything. It's really difficult. It's hard to put training plans in place for individuals and say, yes, I suddenly want you to run 10K more in a match, and this is how we're going to do it. You can't just tell players that. It's really difficult. It's They're like racehorses. It's like telling a racehorse that runs on the flats that you're suddenly going to just, you're going to jump hurdles. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes training, it takes patience. So United fans are going to have to show all of that, that they're, they're ready for this project. And if you lose games because the Gagan press doesn't work against Burnley's low block or something like that, then you're going to have to suck it up. And I don't know if United fans are prepared for that. You know, they thought things were awful under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and it was terrible and the football wasn't great. And yes, towards the end, we certainly got there. We hit a brick wall, certainly after the the Ronaldo signing, we couldn't fix things. Here we are now. I think that Chelsea match was a reflection of Ranić's tactics, whether people want to believe that he was in charge of the team or not. But we saw something that was wholly positive. A 4-3-3 United had never played before. A false nine that United had never played before. And they did press. Yes, they sat back later in the game when they were scared and trying to protect um, their chance to win a point or even get all three. But you're going to have to get used to it. I'm not so sure United fans are ready for that. Let's talk a little bit more about that Chelsea game and what we saw in it and what we could possibly see moving forward tactically. So I think it's been <laughs> everywhere has published it to the nth degree about, oh, what you can expect from Ralph Rangnick, the three C's, all of this stuff. What um, what realistically can he do in six months, Rob? Because like we like we mentioned earlier, we're going into the busiest period in the season. It's not like you'll have a lot of time to instruct players on the training pitch. I'd imagine it'd be a lot of video uh, and instructions that way. What what are you hoping to see? Like, not not expecting, but is there any little things that we can see implemented straight away that screams, oh, that's Ralph's team? Well, the, the, the G word, Gagan Pressing. So this is what he does. He, he is a guy that plays in the principle of verticality. What do I mean by that? That means the ball goes forward and that means the players go forward. So this is what he does as a coach. Now he's not been a coach for a while. You know, he's, he's done these more behind the scenes roles like sporting director, football director, but the whole idea about Randy's philosophy is that's what you're buying into when you bring him to the football club. So he's not going to do things in a kind of, you know, touchy-feely way, slowly, slowly, he's going to come in and say, this is how I play football, so let's get on with it. So that's what I expect to see. I expect to see United playing 4-3-3 or 4-2-2-2. It's going to be a pressing style, and you're going to be going up the pitch. One of the things we saw in the Chelsea game, and I think this is where maybe some of the conflict will be, is that Manchester United players, when they get the ball in midfield, quite often spin on a pirouette and play it backwards. And they've done that for a long time. Scott McTominay's done that for a long time. The defenders do that. Victor Lindelof will get the ball, spin, give it back to David De Gea. And they start the build-up play from the back four. That's not kind of strange or anything like that. Lots of Premier League teams do that. Manchester United do that. That's not going to happen anymore. No way. When the centre-back's got the ball, he's going to play the ball through the channel to someone's feet. And then that ball is going to get played behind the defence. So this is like much more what I would call the United way in terms of being attacking and attack, attack, attack. It won't be reckless, 
but you're going to see this principle of verticality come in, that the ball will go forward, Manchester United players will go forward. And when the opposition have the ball, United are going to be chasing them. And that is something we have not seen. So it happened at Chelsea. And I think you saw Bruno. I think Bruno did it successfully as a false line for for elements of the game. I think Rashford struggled in the press, even though he tried, but he's not fit. And Jadon Sanchez hardly started the game this year. And I think you saw after 60 minutes, he was just gassed. So, you know, you, you've got to take all these factors into consideration. It does not surprise me that man in the match was Scott McTominay. Why? Because Scott is an engine. He will run and he will battle and he will fight. And I think that all the fans that have hated McFred for the longest are going to be upset because they're going to play. They're going to play in a 4-3-3. They're fundamentally crucial to the kind of things that Rangnick wants to do. So 4-3-3, 4-2-2-2. And if you do see a 4-2-3-1, it's not going to be like we saw with Ronald and Solskjaer. It's not going to be sit back, soak up, play five, ten-yard balls. It's going to be something a lot more progressive. did kind of crack me up, actually, that Scott McTominay got man of the match because I was watching through it and I thought him, uh, Matic and Fred were probably United's best players. And there was uproar. There was absolute uproar because these two just haven't done it under Ollie in people's eyes. But I, I see the value of them. 100%. And there's no way that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer picks that midfield three, ever. Not in a month of Sundays. He would literally pick any other system than playing Fred, McTominay and Matic as a, as a, as a treble midfield. But what you saw was that that midfield reflects what Liverpool do. So Liverpool play three hunters in midfield who play narrow, who plug that middle gap. And this Carrick did talk about this after the game. He said, you know, we wanted to force them wide. We wanted to say to Chelsea, if you want the ball, you're going to have to go to the wing backs. You're going to have to go round us. That's a normal principle of football now. You see that lots of teams do it. You know, they've never done it. They played a double pivot that protect the back four. And that itself has not worked this season. So you've got to do something different. So that three worked for me, you know, and I, I, I don't look at those three and go, hmm, yeah, that's my ideal midfield. But I think you might see as well that Ranjit will go into the transfer market in January. And this is also why you sack your manager at this point. It's why it's sacking season, because you can say to a new coach, yep, yeah, we're going to give you... 50 million in the January transfer window, go and magic us up one or two players that will push the needle. And I think that's what Ranjit will do. I think he will go and get another midfielder to add to that centre part and and maybe a preparation for, you know, a life without Paul Pogba because I think this is where it stands out. Paul Pogba is um, reportedly very happy with the change, that he, he likes Ranjit's style and it's a front-footed progressive style. I think Pogba will like that. He'll be told to get the ball in midfield and pass it forward. That's what he loves. That's his game. So if you get him in that free, maybe, you might be able to fix it. But if he also leaves the football club, you're going to have to find someone that can pass from that three into the forwards. You need someone that maybe does a, a more of a Jordan Henderson role. You know, someone that can do a bit of running, but can also kind of join the dots and help the forwards get into the penalty box and allow them to do what they want to do. Yeah, there's been links from the British press in the last 24 hours. Obviously, with a, an RB Leipzig player, Amadou Haidara, his name has popped up. 33 million release clause. It's just the easy connect the dots. But it d- does make a lot of sense, actually. United are, they do need more presence and more energy in that midfield and a different option. Anybody else you think, how does this affect Declan Rice? I mean, 
<laughs> they're not going to want him anymore, are they? 90 million on Declan Rice? Well, look, United will still lean towards commercial signings. So Declan Rice will be a good football signing, but he's also, you know, England's head honcho at the moment and United will see value in that because if he came to the club, what do you say? Oh, he's the next Roy Keane. Oh, he's going to the World Cup of England. There's there's, there's lots of kind of other positive points that United's board will look at in commercial terms, but he'd also be a good football fit. I think with Ralph Ranjik, I implore United fans, if they want to know more about Ralph Ranjik, Go and investigate the Red Bull model. He's the guy that implemented this across all the clubs that Red Bull own. So that goes from obviously their American clubs in the MLS to obviously the European base. And everything Red Bull do, you know, Red Bull being this team that that operate in Formula One, they're a progressive outfit who want to push the needle, who want to reinvent certain things to be the best. And he's been the guy that's done that. And I think this is what United are craving. United are looking for that kind of model to then tell the world, look, this is the United way. So you're just talking about players there. You know, the biggest success out of the Red Bull model in recent years, two players, one is Sadio Mane, who's obviously came through. Uh, You can go back and maybe even touch on his Hoffenheim signings with someone like Firmino, which is not part of the Red Bull model, but again, part of the philosophy. But then, of course, the biggest player out of that is uh, a certain player called Haaland who came through the Red Bull system. Well, this is it. So Erlen Haaland is, is a product of the Red Bull system, isn't he? So that's really, really important that, that when United strategize, that they bring in a guy that can sell a project to someone. So if Haaland did come to Manchester United or was up on the marketplace next summer, and we believe that he will be, obviously that um, release clause kicks in with his football club, that United can put forward someone and say, this is how we're going to do it and we're going to build around you. And I think that's where all the signings will come from now. I think this is why they've turned to Ranjit because Ranjit can actually have that conversation with a guy he's already had that conversation with. You know, having existing relationships is really important. People thought when Solskjaer left the club that that Mulder connection between Solskjaer and, and Haaland was then ruined. Funnily enough, Manchester United don't see it like that. Manchester United have just basically shifted to the next port of call. And that is a guy that knows Haaland probably better than Solskjaer does. uh, And someone that sold the project to him when he was younger. So I think that that this is where the signings will come from now, all from this philosophy uh, and from United being keen to reinvent their transfer policy without showing the world that they're doing anything particularly different if this last three or so years has just been one big ploy to sign in in Haaland uh, you know Oli at Mulder and now they've gone for Ranić with this big plan to bring him to Old Trafford just a just a thought um, anyway let's look at which players could excel uh, is there anyone in the team that really jumps out at you as being you know somebody who could have an impact straight away I think of the likes of Jaden Sancho I think Fred could play a big role I'm going to blanket ban the word Ronaldo here. Um, so let's let's talk about other players because there's been so much made of how Ronaldo will fit into this team over the last few days under Ranić. But what, what are your thoughts, Rob? Well, I think the, the, the obvious two that could really benefit from, from Ranić's tactics, as you said, are Sancho and van der Beek. So these are players who will be able to play between the lines more in a more narrow system. 
and they'll be able to move in and out a bit more. So I think uh, one of the issues for Van der Beek has been the rigidity of the double pivot under Solskjaer. So he struggled doing all the physical work. And when I say physical, I don't mean just running around. I mean a kind of being combative and being uh, in the right place at the right time. He's definitely struggled with that. But I think in the press that he's a guy that can play that trigger press. So he'd be able to get the ball. The idea is to get the ball quickly and technically move it on. So this is not about just playing killer balls. This is about being able to play that verticality, as I, as I talked about. Getting the ball, playing it to feet, playing it into Sancho, playing it into Rashford, playing it into Greenwood. We won't mention the R word like you said. But whoever is the striker, being able to help them through the midfield, running around a bit. Now, I'm not saying Van der Beek isn't fit. You know, I'm not saying he, he can't run around. Of course he can. But it's also about styles and systems. And I think that when you look at that, there's no doubt that Ranić, the way he likes to play, there are going to be players in this squad that thrive. You know, someone like Jesse Lingard might come in and thrive in the system, even though we do expect him to leave the football club. You know, people talk about um, Harry Maguire. And they're going, well, Harry Maguire, you know, he's slow and all of this. No, he actually plays that role on the halfway line really well. He likes being there. He likes getting the ball and driving through the gap. That might work with Ranić. You know, it hasn't worked this season with Varane. But you can see that those two centre-backs, I think, will be much happier with a midfield three in front of them rather than a double pivot. So I think that you will see that that players that have looked like they've fundamentally failed under Solskjaer in the last, what, four or five months, something like that, that there will be a freshness in their legs now. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the squad to look revitalized under new tactics, because I think that this four, three, three or something similar suits this squad, you know, it might not suit the big guy at the top Viva, you know, it might not help him, but I think it will help everyone else. And if it helps everyone else, you are going to win more games than you lose. And this year, unfortunately, Manchester United have been about one player and that's, been a huge detriment to the to the absolute level that you've lost your manager off the back of it. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer couldn't figure that one out. He had to play him. It didn't work. He got sacked. So you're doing something different now, a new project. It's now about the other guys coming through. Ranić likes youth. So I expect that even players like Hannibal Medjbury, who've been kind of in the conversation for a while, but done nothing, not played, I think you might start seeing that these players start to get minutes and I'd be very, very excited about that. I think one of the biggest points of conversation that I've had since the news on Ranić broke in the last few days has been around, you know, the fact that this squad have been underperforming and there's certain players in there who just don't deserve to be there and should be sold. Now, I think it's a clean slate for everyone. How do you, how do you see it, Rob? It's absolutely a clean slate for everyone. And this is why you change the manager and why players don't get sacked. It's always coaches that get sacked. So I think with Ranić, everyone starts again. He will assess everyone's suitability for the team. The big challenge, I think, for Ranić now is applying his principles to the Premier League. But we have seen that German coaches like Thomas Tuchel, like Jurgen Klopp, do fit what happens in English football. You know, the Gagan press, you know, we talked about this a lot in the last week, is an English tactic. It started in the 70s and the 80s in England. It's not a German thing. So the Germans picked it up in the 90s and have kind of developed it into kind of counter-pressing. 
So I think that these guys that are in the United squad do fit that. It's just that they're going to have to run a little bit more. You know, they're actually going to have to push up the pitch quicker. Now they can do that. We saw at Chelsea that the goal came from that. Rashford and Sancho being triggered in the press to go and make Jorginho make that mistake. You go and get the ball, you score a goal. It's kind of as simple as that. That is how United are going to have to play. So everyone starts against Scott. You know, we really do. We, we start the marker. We, we, we push the needle backwards and we give everyone a chance again. And I think United fans have to be patient with that because that's something that, you know, football fans are not patient with. You know, they have their favourites and they want their favourites to play, whether that be, you know, Cristiano or Bruno or Cavani. It might be a case that these guys that have been in the team before and been kind of cornerstones, that they're not those players moving forward. It might well be more the fringe players that now come forward. Yes, we will see when the fresh start actually occurs. It is an exciting time for Manchester United. Ralph Ranić has been officially appointed as interim manager ahead of games with Arsenal, Crystal Palace and Young Boys over the next week or so. It does not look like Ranić will be in the dugout for the Arsenal game at Old Trafford. However, he will be with the team pretty soon. Uh, Let's hope Michael Carrick can get a result against Arsenal and set United up for the rest of the season. Top four is back on the horizon and they just have to start getting results. And maybe there will be a playing style to come with it, hopefully. We'll see what happens anyway. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe on all of the usual channels. We're on Spotify, Google and Apple Pods. I'm at underscore Scott Saunders on Twitter. Rob is at underscore Rob underscore B. And we're at Promised Land MU as well. So uh, follow us, get in touch, and we'll see you soon. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.